0: You know the vibes we are back with another episode myself mo mootsi aka the hoop genius alongside the legend that is mr bj armstrong and today we have another very special guest the one and yep, only yep. you hear his voice when you watch the grizzlies you might have seen him playing in the league he played for nine different teams so he might have been in the city near you mr b knight Brevin knight thank you for coming through and rocking with us today how are you doing my man um, oh thanks
1: for having me man this is a uh this will be fun for me be, we'll have a good talk always i say whenever BJ calls or says he if someone says he needs uh,
2: something i'm always gonna beat it oh man i appreciate you I appreciate you i i, I just got to get to this you know there's what we call must see tv <laughs> you are a former point guard you were a ball handler the distributor you was the quarterback on the floor how fun is it for you to watch this young man John Morant?
1: Well, you, you hit it on the head. He he is definitely must see TV. Uh, and because any in any given night, he's going to show you something you have not seen <laughs> at the NBA level. You may have seen it on a mixtape, you may have seen it at your local playground, but you haven't turned on an NBA game to see what this young, young fella brings on a regular basis. And the thing I always tell people is, the flare and the flash is what got him the recognition. But if you ever really sit and watch his game, he's as fundamentally sound as other people. He just does his fundamentals are, are fundamentally flashy is what I call him. He got an organized part game that we're mm-hmm. watching at the NBA level. And, and so for me uh it's and being a point guard that played the game in my way, I never Thought about playing the game in the fashion that which he plays the game. I I, that wasn't my my estilo. wasn't handling the ball the way that he does it. I did it in my fashion, but to to be able to watch him be as creative as he is, but to have so much substance to his game is a gift.
0: Mm. Now you know the on court stuff gets a lot of attention. You know the flashiness, the dunks, the three sixty layups, the fast breaks. But i got to ask you this, as someone who's on the floor there in Memphis, you know, on the ground at every game, you really get an insight into the team. Now, I was just listening to KG talking a minute ago, and he was talking about you know, a lot of teams now in the NBA, they don't have vets in the locker room. They don't have the OGs in right. there teaching the young guys how to act. Now, Memphis is interesting because it's a very young squad. I know they've got Steven Adams, who's not as old as he might look with the beard and everything, but <laughs> everything I've heard from Memphis and from around the Grizzlies organization is that as soon as Ja Morant got to that team, everyone recognized he was the leader and they really follow him to the end. Can you speak to his impact in the locker room and around the franchise and really being a leader? Because it's not often you see a team this young with Ja, Jaron Jackson Jr., Desmond Bate. All these guys are super young. They've not got that many old heads showing them the way, but they're making their own lane. Can you speak to that impact first and foremost since he touched down in Memphis? Well, the, the
1: good thing is, Number one, we have sort of veteran-minded young guys, which is they all come to work. And, And when they come to work, there's an understanding that your individual talent lends itself to team talent. And I think that you talk about with Taylor Jenkins, our head coach, and his staff on up to the front office. They've done a great job of continuing to get that message through. Now, from there, you also have guys that have chips on their shoulders. We don't have a lot of high-ranking guys that are on this team. Aside from Jaron Jackson Jr., he was probably the one who they always said this was the path that he would be on. Everybody else, John Morant, just happened to be found in a back gym and has just taken the world by storm when given the opportunity. Desmond Bain, another guy, four-year guy, drops to the 30s to get drafted. He has a chip on his shoulder for everyone above that didn't draft him. He wants to show them what they are. And that list goes, you go down, Zaire Williams, they always said he was going to be a high draft pick, but his work ethic has him where he is. And so I think with John ja Morant and his mentality, uh, the way that he approaches the game, but also the way that he approaches his workout regimen, is something that you don't normally see from young guys. And they're able to c- combine still being young, enjoying the social media side, still enjoying life as, as they should. But when it's time to play basketball, they put the hard hat on and they go out and they've done it as a team. The reason why you never see young teams able to uh, ascend to this type of level is because normally they're trying to figure out themselves. And while trying to figure out themselves, they feel as though the stats, those are the things that's going to get there. This team has figured out winning is what will get them the accolades that they're looking for. So, no better player to be following than a guy that has the same mentality as the 17th guy in terms of work ethic, but his skills and what he's able to do is trending towards superstar status.
2: You know, brother, you, you get a chance to watch this team every night from the inside out. Can you talk about the front office? You talk about Zach yes. climbing. You talk about Taylor Jenkins. and Yeah, we give so much credit to the players as they should because they're the ones out there performing. But talk about what the organization has done to give all of these young people an opportunity to be the best version of themselves. Because it's very difficult for a young team to win, for a young team. This is a young team. So talk about the organization and what you've seen from the inside of why this team is winning and able to perform at the level they're performing at. Well,
1: I, I never, whenever we start to talk about our team, I never leave Zach Kleinman. Uh, Tayshon Prince, that entire yep. executive group. i never leave them out because they're still the brain trust that we're able to have the vision of this guy fits into the what we are trying to get accomplished. Not just how good is he? What is his metrics? But does he fit the style of play that this, this team would like to play? And does he have the right mental approach to mm-hmm. be able to be a part of this team? And that is what they have been able to capture with the young draft picks that they've had and the young players that they have they've been able to find guys that are like-minded and so because they are like-minded it, it lends itself to the opportunity of having success early so zach then you tap then i go down and i say with well, taylor jenkins and his staff what they've been able to do is you you know this bj and the nba accident though accident O's is a small part of coaching right. Because at the end of the day, you're going to get down to a two-man game. Who's your two best players? They're going to play pick and roll, and you're going to save some movement away from it. We all do the same thing. You have some wrinkles here and there of things that you do. But at the end of the day, you know exactly what the other team is trying to get accomplished. The goal is, can you get your guys to execute on both ends for the longest amount of time within games? And then can they be consistent in games in general as they play? And that's what Taylor has been able to do with this young team. He has them speaking the same way that he talks. That means that he is directly getting through to them. And on a nightly basis, you don't know. We all, the the regulars, of course, Ja, Jaron, when Desmond Bain is playing, a regular with, with what they have. Everybody else then has been able to pick up where the pieces may be. Whatever is needed, whether it's more rebounding, whether it's shot blocking, whether it's making baskets creating havoc defensively. They've been able to still play as themselves with freedom, but keeping the team concept in mind. And so you, you're you're exactly right. You can't talk about the success of this team without first saying Zach Kleiman and his group, mm. and then mm. moving down to Taylor Jenkins and his coaching staff. Those two are so good that it allows the players to have success on the floor.
0: You know, talking about the front office, if we go back to the offseason last summer, now, yes. when they made the move, trading away JV and bringing in Stephen Adams and Eric Bledsoe, who obviously they moved on, et cetera, in my head, I was thinking, you know, okay, maybe they're trying to develop their young guys a little bit because last season, JV was kind of a reliable guy. You know, if you needed a bucket, yes. you could just dump the ball down low, let him go to work, or you could run a pick and pop with him. You can get you some buckets that way. Whereas Stephen Adams, he doesn't offer that offensively. You know, he's a great screen setter to get the guys open, but as like a fail safe kind of, I felt like Jonas Valanciunas was a little bit last season. So when they made that move, do you think they anticipated this squad to be this good this season? Because when I saw it happen, I thought uh, they're just trying to let the young guys develop, give them more time on the ball, etc. But it looks like making that move has made them even better. You know, addition by subtraction, they took away one of the leading scorers from last season. And now they're even better than before.
1: And so, so the thing with, with JV was we're, we all understand he is a force in and of himself. The problem was this team was not really built on post-ups. And so mm. if you have a guy that is a post-up player, then you have to have guys that have the vision in terms of getting him the ball. This is what we're trying to get accomplished. That's not what this team is really built for. They are built for speed pace. They are built for even pace within the half court, shooting threes, allowing the space to be able to have cuts to the basket. And so, I thought JB skill it's almost one of those things that hurt him because he was so good and demanded touches. Then that meant that there was one more thought to this team in terms of okay, well we got to still get JB touches. Well, when you want when you have a young team, you want their minds to be as free as possible. And so in order for the style to be how they wanted it to be, you had to remove him, but They did a fantastic job in replacing the physicality and replacing the size, a guy that's a screener and also a guy that people, a lot of people never gave him a a lot of credit for. He's a fantastic passer from the elbows and top of the key. Mm -hmm. That has been a staple of Memphis Grizzlies teams since you go back to the core four. Mark Gasol played that way in terms of out on the floor. He initiated offense. Sometimes with Zebo, but now Zebo just get to the block, throw it to the hand, let <laughs> him go to work. But even when they at Valentunas, Valentunas did a lot of playing away from the basket, handling the basketball, where his strength is more so towards the basket. So you start to say, as you see the future, the future of this team is what? John Moran. What do you need for John Moran? Spacing. We need shooting. We need a big guy that is versatile. We need a physical player, but we need somebody that's not going to take away touches. Or that needs touches that takes away from these other younger guys. So I, I, uh, the addition, the subtract addition by subtraction was exactly what this was. It wasn't a uh, a knock on JV as if he wasn't good enough. It was just the style of play of this team fit better with a non-posting up big that you had to throw the ball to. Now Stephen Adams gives us every now and then once or twice a game. You see there is a skill there that's not his role and he's fine with that not being his role and so they need you needed someone again credit to the front office that was going to have the right demeanor to be able to play the style of basketball that the Grizzlies wanted to play and not be upset because they weren't getting the touches that they that they should be able to that they should get because they're warranted
2: you know be the last year or two we we keep saying this team we keep saying this team is overachieving, you know, they're better than we thought they're, they're, they're not supposed to be here. Well, all of a sudden now let's stop with this. They are here. The Grizzlies <laughs> yes. are here. They are currently in third place. Every single night they are making a statement. <laughs> okay. Now I want to ask, cause it's fun to watch now. What's the true expectation of this team and group because I kept saying, like all the other, oh, I was like, oh, they're a little better than we thought. Well, no, they are here, ladies and gentlemen. They're the real <laughs> deal. <laughs> is this a championship contending team? Should we begin saying that? Because they're for real, ladies and gentlemen. They are for real. I, I this
1: is what I say to that I, I say that they are a for real basketball team that can beat anybody in the NBA. But when you, when you start to say championship contender, that means that you are just flat out better than everybody else. Right. And, and no matter what, this is, still, this is still a team that is learning. We haven't, they haven't gone to a second round of a playoff. They haven't gone mm. to a conference mm. finals. Those, those things haven't happened yet. So the gravity of those games, they change. Now, they've gotten a little bit of a taste by getting into the playoffs, playing against Utah, winning the game on the road, against Utah, and so that fueled a lot of the fire inside of this team. Can they contend for a championship? Yes. Do you put the label on them that they are championship contender? I say not yet because they've only shown one season that was kind of haphazard with what happened. They went into the bubble, won big games, made steps, but now you got you got to take another step before you start to just say that this team is a contender. But what you what I do say, they can contend for a mm. championship. Two different two different things, and just just use yeah. the word in a different way. They can because they can beat anybody. But the experience of not doing that, you have to wait until they get into those type those type situations. Ja Morant gives you a chance to win a championship because of his skill set, but you're still going to need everybody to be able to play at a high level in order to win that, you know, in order to win that championship, everything has to fall in the right place. And so uh, it, it, they, it, it is nice that you can ascend to that type of thought process from the masses. But I think with this team, just sticking to the course, sticking to what they came into the season and the mindset of how they wanted to play, just keep doing that and see where it takes you. But for, after this year, if you're able to keep at least a, a nucleus of guys together, then they become a championship contender for years to come.
0: You know, when you were in the league, when you came out, got drafted by the Cleveland Cavaliers back in 97, you led the NBA in steals in your rookie season. You know, that high energy right. on the defensive end. And we watched the Grizzlies. These guys are flying all over the place on a defensive side of the ball. I think if you watch John Moran, the only kind of major area for improvement could potentially be on the defensive side of the ball. But then when you're doing so much on offense, it's kind of difficult to do that. And of course, Dylan Brooks is there to take on the more challenging assignments. What do you see from Jar as a two-way player? Because, you know, we talk a lot in this league about scoring, KD, Steph Curry, but then I feel like a guy like Giannis doesn't get enough love because he gets it done. This is why I say he's the best player in the world right now. He gets it done on the defensive end too. What do you think of Jar, you know, as his potential as a two-way force and being a lockdown on the perimeter for this Memphis defense as well?
1: Well, I think that... That, that's a growth area for him, and and, and, it, and it doesn't have the, – the good thing is he doesn't have to be a lockdown defender. You just have to be an adequate defender for this team. And we've seen him take strides in that. We saw the big block that everyone saw in L.A. Mm. with the chase down coming up with that block. Against the Cleveland Cavaliers, he comes up with a steal late in the game, playing the passing lane, goes down and gets a layup that uh, kind of seals that game for him. So he has had defensive moments. And now the, that, that's the only thing you want him to do is continue to work on that end, but understanding that his worth for this team is on the offensive end. So defensively, use your length. And I always say for young guys, especially that has, uh, that has athletic gifts as he has, it is just about learning angles at this point. So when a screen comes, how do I make myself small to get around through the screen and to get back in front of guys? Instead of getting to a screen showing the screen on my chest and now trying to run around the screen. That means I'm going to continue to be behind. But if at least I can be on the hip of an, of an offensive player, now he's still a threat because of his athleticism and because of his length. When you're away from the basketball, just know where your guy is. If you're going to be in help position, be able to help and then retreat and get back to your guy. That, those are, I think, for him, it is just that you can't be a liability on the defensive mm. side. And he has not been a liability. I think that he has done a better job of watching when he was out for the 12 games and seeing how this Grizzlies team had changed in terms of their Mm. defensive mentality. And when he came back, he said, "I, I jump on board with this same mentality, but understanding that we need so much and expect so much on the offensive end that we don't expect a Dylan Brooks performance on the defensive side. We just expect you to force the opposing point guard or whoever you may be defending just to not allow them easy straight line drives and make the game offensively easy for them.
2: You know, Brett, you talk about that, that whatever, 12, 13 game stretch with that team. What happened when they went, what is it, 11-2 during that time yep. or 10-2 or something? 10-2, yep. yeah. What happened with the team that you saw that suddenly kind of gave them a different mindset as a group? Because that seemed to empower the group when Ja got back.
1: What it did was when he went down, as you know, when you play with a star, you kind of sit back and let them do their thing. It's, you know, it's their show. But once Ja went down, now everyone realized that we had to have a hand in our own success. No longer could we say Ja will bail us out and make it right. And so when when you say that, I thought that the team concept became heightened for the Grizzlies, which meant that Everyone had to do their job, but we're also having to lean on each other to be good. And we're not going to be good enough offensively to just continue to try to outscore people. It's why in those first 20 games, they were win a game, lose a game, win a game, lose a game, because it was all offensive-minded. And when you know that, when you're straight offensive-minded, then you're going to have nights where your offense isn't clicking. Can you stop somebody? They couldn't early in the year. But when jaw went down, they had to change their mindset, which was, we got to get some stops because we may not score as much as we did when Ja was playing. And I, I think just that little shift in mentality, also in scheme, they, for lack of a better better term, dumbed down the defensive side. We weren't trying to have so many different ways to play a pick and roll or to play this guy on this side of the floor and play this guy this way on that side. You figure out we got a young team. Try to just give them one or two things to do. Let's be really good at those things. And later on, worry about making adjustments. And so, I think the ability of those guys. Number one, you have a chance now to do more. I tell everybody in the NBA, you have stars and you have role players. <laughs> everybody was a star before they got to the league. Right. We all were stars at our colleges before we left. So some guys at their high school that didn't go to college. We all were a star. But when you got to the league, they, you just recognize. I you know what. dude is a little bit better than me so
0: he does you feel me
1: he does the things that i used to do when i was in college well what can i do to help this team still be successful and what can i do to make sure that i make it to 10 plus years in this league the mindset changes when you get to the league so now when they take away that guy and they say hey know what you go be who you are now you got shot the shot attempts are there you're not gonna come out now we rely and so i thought that also helped guys kind of just Get back, go back to who you were, but understand that I still have to do it with these other guys.
0: You know, the defense, a large part of that has been Jaron Jackson Jr. who's had a huge impact on yeah. the defensive side of the ball. But talking about the star players, right? In the NBA now, there's kind of this thing amongst the media fans, and they think every team needs to have a big three or, or a superstar duo. In Memphis, you've got John Ryan, who's clearly the superstar. Do you think that they're going to build this team and continue to go around like perhaps the Dallas Mavericks with Dirt Nowitzki as that one star and then a great supporting cast around them? Or do you think someone like Jaron Jackson Jr. on the offensive end will elevate their game to step up and become a second star and they can develop a third star? Because, you know, when you look at the NBA right now, all the teams that would have the contender label on them, they've stockpiled star players. So what's your take on Jaron Jackson Jr. If he can elevate to that level or if they're just going to let leave them and everyone just be solid in their roles?
1: No, Jaron is a star. Jaron will be a star in this game because he's a mismatch every night. Like, mm. hey, we, we, They throw around this, this term unicorn and, and they give it to everybody. And, and I even say with Porzingis, he's a unicorn on one end of the floor because of what he can do offensively. He's not a unicorn on the defensive side. So he's, you can't give – to me, you give that term to somebody – the totality of their game is unicornish. And that's mm-hmm. what Jaron Jackson is because on the offensive end, he shoots the three, he can, he puts the ball on the floor and his handles are a fantastic from the perimeter finishes inside can shoot little floaters. And then conversely you go on the defensive side. His shot blocking has gone to another level in terms of his timing staying out of foul trouble, but in pick and rolls, we can switch and he defends point guards, two guards, guys off the dribble, if you want to play him at the five, he defends big in terms of battling with them on the interior. So to me, the true unicorn is someone that has versatility on both ends of the floor. And for Jaren, that's what he does. And so I think in terms of star potential, he is, Jai is the superstar. Jaren becomes a star. Desmond Bain is becoming a, a more of a star within what two guards do in this game. And so they may not have the star status in terms of what the masses and what the media or what social media says, but in terms of the basketball world, they have enough stars on this basketball team in order for them to continue to, to ascend the way that they have, because John Morant is so special. He is the, he is the head of it all, but you can't take away what Jaron is and what he brings to the floor on a nightly basis. Uh, I think what Desmond Bain will continue to work right. himself into in terms of on the consistent side. Dylan Brooks is a star defensively. If you want to talk about someone who is a lockdown defender, that's what that's what he is, and he can do that with multiple guys. And then he can go on the offensive end. If you need a basket, he can get you a basket. So I, I, it, there, I, it is. it all depends on what you categorize as stars. Are stars just the people that everybody else says is good? Or is it someone whose substance of their game dictates what they are? And, and this team has enough stars in that uh, in that fashion to be able to be successful with for years to come.
2: You know, B. You know, you talk about the star player, and I can't get enough of this kid, Javon Rap. But I have to ask you this one question. <laughs> I can't. I mean, I love this kid. Mo knows. I, look, I just look, talk look. about the kid all the time. I, I talk about him all the time. Every you know, I day. Can't, Every I can't, day. I can't, I can't get. <laughs> You don't I know how I can't get enough of the
0: kid. You don't know how long B J's been telling me, "Yo, we need to get my boy Brevin on the show because Jamaran, he jump every yeah. day. His Jamaran, right. he's grizzly. Right. <laughs> hey, yeah, it's, it's hard
1: for you. It, listen, it's hard for you not to.
2: It, yeah, uh, yeah, you know, right, what I it's say.
1: hard. It is very hard for you not to talk about with what he does, the numbers." As I said, the numbers that he puts up, the flare, the flash, Chris. but just watch. If you Like I say, basketball, this is the thing, we're just quickly on the basketball. More, than, more times than not, when guys make moves, move is usually side. You just got to make sure that they don't get you leaning one way because now they go downhill. The problem with John Moran is the moves that he makes that are normally side to side are straight downhill. <laughs> so now, how do mm. you combat someone with that? with as fast as he is with as slithery as he is but he's not going east west he's continued to play north south north south while making moves and so i always say i'm very happy that i don't have to defend it anymore i don't have to defend <laughs> that i can just sit over here and talk about it because i would be pulling they said no more hair now but whatever <laughs> little hair that i had i would be pulling out as to say how do i stop him? and i i people say who was the hardest that you guarded and i always say alan Iverson was the toughest person that I guarded. Right. right. But I knew exactly I could funnel and do certain things with him that gave me a chance. And this one, I ain't never said I stopped him. It gave me a chance to defend him. He wasn't as creative with the ball as Jai. With Jai, it puts you into another headspace of, so what do I do? If I give him the space, he takes up the space, and now he'll elevate. I'm not athletic enough to stop him up top. If I push up on him and try to, force him one way, but well, then he gets, he beats you with one step. And now he keeps you behind and now his length to shoot. I can't bother that. It makes, it makes you think so much on the defensive side of how do you stop him in one-on-one. And then when you add a second person, he's such a willing passer that he picks you apart in that way also. So to, to talk and think about him as much as you talk about him is warranted because the kid is absolutely
2: fantastic with this basketball game. Y'all, yes he is. But I I, I wanna ask you this, cause you've seen it and you did it naturally your entire career, leadership. Right. He had that one moment against Golden State where that young kid has on a Steph Curry jersey. And to me, (laughs) that was a leadership moment. It's one thing to be the best player, but it's also another thing when you provide leadership for your team, for your organization, for your city. Talk about his leadership and you're seeing that part of his game grow because we're not giving him enough credit, I think, as a young player. That's a lot of pressure and responsibility, as you know, being a point guard. But all of a sudden, he's given this Grizzlies organization an identity. And I thought that was a moment in time that we'll point back to and say, that's when the Grizzlies became the Grizzlies.
1: Yeah, it'll it'll be how we we call it next gen. It'll be what yes. this Grizzlies team how he had how he defines where these Grizzlies team go from here. Our definition back with our core four, Mike Conley and Gasol and Zeebo and Tony Allen was it's gonna be a muddy game. It's gonna be slow down. It's gonna be ugly, pretty. <laughs> That's <laughs> the city of Memphis. And, that, right. and but but that the players that they had dictated playing that style of basketball. This is a new brand of basketball that we are seeing with this team and what John Moran can do. And, and I always say his leadership is one in which you give his parents a lot of credit because mm. in order to be that young and, the, and have the foresight to see how what you how and the things that you do affect not just what happens on the floor, but is affecting what is happening to this organization entirely, that that takes a, a level of maturity, but it, it takes a, a level of the wisdom of someone else teaching you that.
2: Right. And
1: that's where his parents, I think, get a lot of, they should get a lot of the credit for what he's done, not just with his talents, his dad worked them out, got him to that point, but the mentality that yep. he has to be able to be this young, to take on all of the attention, to take on the on his shoulders, Where this Memphis Grizzlies organization will go is a direct reflection of how great of a job they did with him to this point. He easily could be a cocky, brash type kid because nobody didn't say anything for him. Nobody knew I was going to do this. And look where I am. That's not his mentality. He still has that level of cockiness to him that you that you need to be good in this game. But he still has the understanding of the influence that he has on others, on this team, but on the organization in general. so I I think that they are in great hands moving forward, especially at the point guard position. And I was very happy that two years, three years ago, we had a number two pick instead Mm. of the number one pick, because if we would have gotten number one, we would have had to have taken Zion, because it would have been, that was just what everyone said. But Mm -hmm. in all actuality, we had just drafted Jaron the year before, and what we needed was somebody to replace Mike Hunt. We needed a point guard back. And this was like God sent that mm. here he is. And so to be able to get him and be where we are right now, uh, I mean, it, it was the luck of the draw first, but it, it was just the perfect fit for small town kid that worked his ass off to get where he is, to now come to a small market that everyone is, what what Memphis is known for, there's people that go to work with blue-collar mentality. And that's what he brings.
0: You know, um, Jamaran, he's already getting attention from all the media now this season. All the kids are going to be wearing this jersey. I love what the Grizzlies did when they said, you can come and trade in yeah. a jersey from a different <laughs> player and we'll give you not only a Jamaran jersey, but we'll give you tickets to the game. So not only is that, yeah. you saw the Nike shoe commercial. And I'm hoping they have a jamaran signature sneaker on the way. Coming soon <laughs> because you know it's, it's only right, especially when your game is predicated on being that quick and being able yes. to move, like you said, laterally as well. You know that's easy to market shoes with a player just like that. Now, a lot of guys, you know, fans love to make these comparisons. John Morant's the next D Rose. John Morant's the next oh. Prime John Wall. John Morant's the next Allen Iverson. Now, I, personally, I think you should just let the kid be who he is. But both of you guys, because yes. obviously. You have to look at John Run on the day today, and BJ's obviously very close with D Rose. What's your take on those comparisons that the internet and fans love to make for this kid as he grows into his role in the NBA?
1: Ooh. Well, well uh, for me, two different styles of playing the game. Like like the, like people, the, the the mentality, the aggressive nature—they both have that in terms of the attack mentality. But they did it in different ways. D Rose always felt. Was an aggressive offensive player. He was an aggressive leaper when he took off. When he took off, and a lot of his takeoffs were two foot takeoffs in order to get up in the air, and, and that that lends itself to being able to take contact and finish and those type uh, moves. Whereas John Morant more so glides across the floor. It's almost as if his feet aren't touching the floor when he gets, it's, it's like a quick touch and now I'm going quick touch. Whereas D Rose to me was more boom, <clears throat> was, was that type game, but then don't get it twisted, I will <laughs> bang on you. So uh, they're, 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 they, they did it in two different ways, but in terms of the mentality, the attack nature right. that, they, that they play with, that was a similarity. I, I, I think Morant has more point guard skills at this young age than D. Rose had at his, in his earlier years of playing the game. Not that he didn't pass the ball, but the types of passes that Morant can make in basketball games um, is a little bit different. But I, I'm like you. I don't get into the comparison. People say, well, who is he like? I'm like, okay, well, I guess he's across from, if you want to get some type and one basketball player, bone crush, <laughs> you want to get one of them, <laughs> and then you want to find somebody that, that now is an NBA player, and you mesh those two into one body, then I guess that's that's him. But I think he's different than anything that we have seen uh, in recent memory in terms of how he plays the game.
0: BJ, what do you think? What would those? you say, yeah, BJ? Yeah.
2: Well the the thing I appreciate about Ja more than anything is he's not trying to be friends with anyone. Mm, <laughs> yes. That's that's what, that's what yes. you 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 know like yes. <laughs> Ja Morant is not trying to be friends. And that's the one thing that I always respected about Derek. I respected about that generation, which we played in. Like, yes, we were friends. And V Knight and I, we respect each other, but I knew V was trying to crush me and V <laughs> knew what I was trying to do to him. Exactly. And, and, and what I love about Ja is that, you know, we talk about old school, we talk about new school, we talk about this. <laughs> John Morant is trying to crush everybody. And he respects, you could tell he respects Steph Curry. He respects Damian Miller. He respects those people, but he trying to crush them. And he ain't, he trying to dunk on everybody. He ain't trying to be friends with nobody. And to me, that's the difference between this young man He's from like, I don't know. He's from like the 70s or the 80s. He could have easily been in that era. So who he looks like, hey, we all got our styles. But make no doubt about it, his mentality, he tried to crush everybody. And that's what makes me laugh. Because he tried to dunk on Giannis the other night, and he just started laughing. Because he knows Giannis, and I just started laughing. And it was like so funny to me, like, he's going for it. And I respect that. I I appreciate that. His competitive spirit of what he brings. And to me, that's what makes this a great league. You know, there's been some great talents. There's been some great players. Everybody's got their own style and their own little thing that they do. But that spirit never leaves the game. And that young man there, <laughs> hey, last night. It's, it's, it's needed.
1: It's yeah, needed it's in needed.
2: our game. Yes, it's needed. Because yes. we
1: get, we got, we, we, it's too, it's it's. People feel like that meant that you're not friends. Yeah, I mean, we're right. not friends. But when we step on this court, this is war. So we we go on this floor. We go on this floor for war. And I'm 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 trying to go at you as hard as you're trying to go at me. Respect you. I respect you for right. what you do as another man across from me. As I respect any man that I'm walking down the street. But when we get into this tussle, I'm trying to I'm trying to I'm trying to beat your head in the same way you're trying man. to beat mine in. And and you are exactly right. That is his. That's the mentality. At which he he approaches every game, but I'm gonna tell you this much. that's Dylan Brooks mentality. Yes, yep, that's Desmond Bain's mentality. So when when you combine a number of young guys with that same mentality, you can win basketball games.
0: Facts. Bingo. I mean, I said it. I said it a few episodes ago. If you see the Grizzlies in the Western Conference Finals, I wouldn't be surprised. I yeah. think they can go out no. there, seven game series. They can match up with the best of them. But yeah. I'm hoping that we can get Brevin back on later in the season yes. as we get towards yes. the playoffs, because that has been a wonderful insight into the culture on the court and off the court of the yeah. Memphis Grizzlies. Brevin, thank you so much for chopping up with us today.
1: Hey man, anytime y'all, y- y'all know how to get in touch with me. This was fun. I'm, I'm- I, I I talk basketball in, in any day it's, 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 it's Maybe still, get a little it's golf. Still We'll get a little golf in a little next time. Maybe hey, we get listen, in. get that golf. <laughs> you, you combine a little basketball, and a little golf. Now you're talking about nothing but a, a well, beautiful world. Now what we
0: need to do. What we need to do is me and BJ. We need to get out to Memphis. Go for a round of goal. Yes. Go for some barbecue and then watch a Western Conference Finals game where John ja Moran takes oh, the floor and tries to put Let's, everyone on a poster. That's what
1: I'm talking about. I know I want y'all and I want y'all to see the energy that goes on in FedEx forum when the playoffs starts. It's, it is nothing like any other arena that you will wow. go in in terms of how much the organization has adopted these young these young guys, their style. What their style and what it is. They've adopted in the arena in terms of music, in terms of the way that the the way that the the uh halftime acts that we have, everything is predicated around what is the lifestyle yeah. of these young guys and how can we translate that entire organization. So it'll be fun. I, y'all come down, please come down. Yeah. Round the golf on me and
2: barbecue. Uh, oh, hey, nice, hey, nice. And you know, so, nice. a
0: shout out as well to the to, to my people's running the the social media team for the Memphis Grizzlies because they do a great job. Oh, yes. They're uh, one of the few teams that keep it current with the fans. They talk to the fans in a language that the fans can understand and I think a lot of teams yeah. can take note to that. But Brevin, thank you so much. PJ, once again, thank yes. you to bless thank us with you. the wisdom. If you guys want to hear from Brevin, he's on Fox Sports Tennessee. Am I right? Saying that, you can check that out. Well, we're
1: on ba- Bally's.
0: Bally Sports. changed we're the name on now. Bally's.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that. Yeah, we got. We got We, got, we on. We we Bally's down. So you can Sports. watch us on Bally's. Yeah. Bally Sports South So East, for fans and, uh, in
0: the UK and Europe, when you're on League Pass, you can press Select Stream on any game that you're watching, yeah. and you can select the home or the away announcers. So make sure you're locked in to Brevin's insight and his voice as. The Memphis Grizzlies continue to crush the NBA throughout this season. (laughs) I'm excited to see where it goes. And everyone at home, thank you for listening. Make sure you stay subscribed. And just like John Moran, make sure you get buckets.